Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the one, the only Remso Republic podcast. I'm your host, as always, Remso W. Martinez. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Remso101. That's R-E-M-S-O-101. And right now we're in the season of love known as Valentine's Day. So if you really love us, go ahead and check us out on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating interview. Let us know how awesome we are. If you hate us, go jump out of a cliff because I don't have time for that. No one has time for that. And speaking of time for that, this is one of those beautiful times of year. Right now, if I sound a little bit echoey, it's because I'm not back in the home studio. I'm actually in the beautiful Annapolis, Maryland, hanging out with my girlfriends because I've got to be working on Valentine's Day. But, you know, I'm a working stiff now. Had to go get another job to pay them bills because Virginia wants to tax everything. So uh, that's what I'm doing. And, you know, it's great to be with somebody that isn't just a fantastic person, lover or death, but, you know, she's also a libertarian, so that's pretty awesome, too. I wish more people had the type of awesome relationship I have with somebody that whispers taxation is theft in my ear, but sadly, for many people in our liberty-loving community, there isn't much love going around. There seems to be a lot of people that are either single or they just haven't found their, you know, their the liberty lover in their life. But the free market, which is our first and foremost love, does usually fill all voids. And no, I'm not talking about sex robots. I'm talking about the concept of libertarian dating apps. You see, we live in a world where Republicans don't care about deficits, Democrats don't care about children, and statists don't care about anybody. But they care about control. Maybe we need to outpopulate them. Maybe we need to go ahead and just, you know, regardless of whether love is involved, we need to find another libertarian and just, you know, stick it to the man. I have some thoughts that this might be a good thing. I have some thoughts that this might be a terrible thing, but it would be kind of boring if it was just me talking about this the entire time. So I want to go ahead and bring on our panel tonight. She is the beautiful first lady of liberty. Ladies and gentlemen, Anna Richter. Anna, what's going on? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. You might need to like yell at some point. I am actually holding the laptop right up to my face, so I think this is just going to be a thing for the whole show. But uh, anyway, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Not a problem. Secondly, we've got the journalist of journalists, the documentarian's documentarian. Ladies and gentlemen, his first time on the program, Mr. Ford Fisher. Ford, what's up? Hey, good to be on here. So you're really loud, and Anna's really quiet, so hopefully I'll be like that nice, even middle. Ford, real fast, you recently tried this experimental night vision eye drops. I want to know if you're currently blind and using Braille, you know, a Braille laptop or if you can still currently see. No, of course not. I'm I'm completely fine, but I don't want to give too many details about how it went because I, of course, want people to end up seeing my film, Transhuman. Uh, so check it out on, on Patreon and on newstoshare.com and uh, all the rest. I'm sure you can include a link or something like that in the description. I tried, folks. I tried to get it out of them. You can't say I didn't. You can check that off now. So, folks, um, conversation tonight, our libertarian dating apps, the thing that will save society. I think anything that provides people an outlet to go ahead and find the liberty lover in their life is a good thing. I think it's a little bit creepy, but, you know, it's not doing anyone any harm. It's kind of fun, and it might work for some people. So, Ford, why don't you want libertarians to fall in love? (laughs) So, of course I want libertarians to fall in love, but I think that it's a silly idea to have 
a dating website based on homogenous opinion. The, the entire point of liberty, of libertarianism, is that people actually are different. You're a, you're a libertarian because you think that, you know, some person can believe in this, can do this, and somebody else says, I don't believe in that thing, I don't like that thing, uh, but I don't have to take it away from them. I like these other things, and I'm not going to force them to do them. We can all live and understand that we are all sort of fundamentally different. So uh, the point of love is not that you find somebody who is exactly the same as you. You find somebody who uh, might share your worldview, your ethics in different types of ways, but uh, they don't have to be someone who has your exact interests and looks exactly like you and thinks exactly like you uh, because then you're just dating yourself. So the idea of a dating website predicated on having the exact same philosophy uh, doesn't sound that appealing to me. I'm not. I, I don't think that people necessarily uh, uh, should be dating just based on the fact that their politics are the same. In fact, it's probably one of the the last things uh, that people should look at as a as a raw criteria uh, to sort of meeting and and falling in love with one another. And then once you've met that person, you might have different opinions on something. Um, that that would be when you can start, you know, having those conversations and hopefully. Uh, becoming closer in so doing. So, Anna, this is where you say that Ford is full of shit, right? I mean, you're obviously into completely outpopulating the status. I want to have a really positive opinion about the idea. <laughs> I want to so bad because especially what you just said about producing libertarian babies to stick it to the man. I mean, you cannot get more libertarian than that. That is hardcore. Uh, but I think that Ford makes a, a really good point. Um I, I, this is not something that if you would have asked me this question a few years ago, whenever I first got into the Liberty movement, just going to the conferences and to be blunt, just seeing all the attractive people there who were of the same mindset as me, I was like, this is heaven. You know, this is where I'm going <laughs> to be my future husband. Great. Um, and now, you know, that I've, I've had a few years of activism under my belt, um, and a few more relationships under my belt, I do see it as more of a secondary thing. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to speak too much on my current relationship, but I will just say that the person I'm dating now is actually not a libertarian. Um, I think what it comes down to is how strong of a presence politics has in your life. I certainly know people who have cut, uh, friends and family off from their lives because they cannot handle their politics. And I think that if that's ingrained in your personality and it's that important to you, then that's certainly going to be a number one quality that you're looking for in a partner. But if you can sort of put that to the side and sort of think about other things as your main priorities, then, um, you know, then I think that maybe politics isn't the first thing you should look for in a person. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that for now. So Ford, I'm going to go ahead and ask Anna this question first, since you kind of led things off. You brought up something which is incredibly important. It's the fact that, you know, politics should really be secondary. And Ford also brought this up. That shouldn't be the, you know, the thing that's the crux of the relationship. And, uh, yeah, you know, I've had people, you know, block my number, drop me from their social circles and everything because of, you know, a difference in politics. Honestly, like, it, it, it ne I never used friendship as collateral damage in ideas or anything else. But it seems these days, you know, if friendships can't even bear the test of, you know, the political litmus test, it seems that 
people that usually maybe like I'll even go say four or five, ten years ago may not have necessarily put that much of an emphasis on politics. They seem to be doing it now. So, Anna, do you think that even though politics shouldn't be that much of a big deal, do do you think like as a as a society, we're drifting into the mindset that, you know, I need to make sure that this guy's on it with me because I don't want to be able to, you know, convert him. I want him the way he is. But at the same time, I don't want to butt heads about this type of stuff. What, how important do you think it is now? Um, well, that's, that's kind of a tough question. I, first of all, I personally don't think that you should ever go into a relationship with the mindset that, you really like a person, but there's one thing that you plan to change about them because I think that just sets you up for disappointment. I think that you should be really meeting people where they are and taking them as they are. Now, if you are dating somebody and you have a really great, you know, you have really great chemistry, you enjoy spending time with them, but every time you guys talk about politics, you just want to punch them in the face. That's probably a good sign that you don't want to spend too much time with them uh, and continue a serious romantic relationship. I don't know if that was your question. No, that, that was pretty there. And, you know, these complica- these questions are only going to get more complicated because I've been drinking all afternoon. So, you know, just heads <laughs> up. But, Ford, uh, w- what are your thoughts on that? Do you think we place more of an emphasis on it now and does it really matter or, you know, are we just really pessimistic? So I I wanted to bring up the uh, Thomas Jefferson quote that everyone probably should have on their minds if they haven't already thought of it, which is Jefferson said, I never considered a difference of opinion in politics and religion and philosophy as cause for withdrawing from a friend. Uh, And he wrote that to William Hamilton in uh, 1800 or 1801. But um, in any event, so I kind of I, I take that to heart. I think that in a relationship yes if somebody's at the point where I mean, uh she just said if you're if you want to punch your partner in the face that 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 should be alarming in any context let alone uh if it's the result of, of you should, a political you should run because you might get Lorraine bobbited in the middle of the night yeah well you could, <laughs> for those of you say, that you don't could, know that was that woman in Manassas Virginia in the 90s that cut off her husband's penis oh yeah. Well, well, I I was going to say that if that's your instinct, you could get a job at the uh, at the White House. <laughs> so White House advisor. I don't know. If, Never mind. I, I don't know if that story is still going to be relevant uh, by by the time this comes out. There will probably be like five new controversies by then, and we'll all have forgotten about it. But at least the controversy of today is that there's like a like a spouse puncher in the White House, which is a problem. I'm not oh, talking there, about there, Trump. I'm talking there, about the advisor. There was. There was. There was. Right. Yeah. Carter no, Page now it's somebody else. It, it, he he had beaten or supposedly had beaten his two ex-wives. And while I don't believe any of the Trump lies anymore, when your two ex-wives team up to say that you were a serial abuser, that does raise a few concerns. Yeah. So I just want to point out that, yeah, the the instincts had there was, uh, you know, obviously that it's a bad thing if people feel that way in their relationship for any reason. Uh, Yes, of course, if two people are fundamentally fighting over politics in their relationship, then they're probably incompatible. But it's not I don't even think that that's because they have political disagreement. I think that the problem there is a lack of ability to communicate or reconcile the two people's problems. Right. The the issue there is is actually not the fact that they're, you know, politically different. You could have a a com, you know, a freedom hating communist and a and a God fearing American, <laughs> and you could have those two people with each other, and those two people could have uh, respectful discourse and uh, mixed politic babies, and uh, I'm and I'm sure that that could be a use a, a comfortable relationship as long as they have a 
a communication style that allows them to to be together without you know ripping each other's hair out. Yeah, I mean it's it's almost turned into you know the the new religious test, so to speak, because you know the past several generations, you know our parents and our grandparents, they placed a big emphasis on marrying within the same religion. And you know my mom was um, Baptist Protestant, my father's Roman Catholic. I'm a Methodist, so you know we're a pretty mixed family. And then I know other friends of mine; they have one parent that was you know um, Christian, the other parent is. Um, Jewish and, you know, it just keeps going on and on. And it seems that, you know, with time, it just didn't become as important. It's important for some people, but it's no longer like the end all be all, so to speak. It's like it's taken that place. But hey, I actually want to go ahead and cut to commercial break a little early because I want to dedicate as much time to this conversation as possible. Before I do that, quick words from our sponsors this half hour. Just close your eyes and dream for a second. Dream you're on the beach. And you don't have to take care of worrying about investing your money or anything if you're like me and you're day trading, which is a terrible, terrible thing to do. Um, what if I told you your money could grow itself? Well, it can. And I'm not going to say anything else. Go ahead and check out our friends at joinhelium.com. That's J-O-I-N-H-E-L-E-U-M, joinhelium.com, and let your money grow for you while you do nothing. Be right back, folks. You're listening to the Remso Republic. With Bitcoin today at RemsoRepublic.com slash donate. Hello, my name is Alex Merced, and I am a libertarian. I invite you to join me in spreading the message of liberty. Come down to alexmerced.com where you can find videos and lots of other media to help educate people about liberty and more. I've also created learneconomicsnow.com as a quick way to show anyone the basics about economics. Libertarian101.com, a great starting place to learn what is libertarianism, how to get involved, and how to move things forward. IntroTheLiberty.com, where you can learn more about how to spread the message of liberty through positive messaging from people like myself, Larry Sharp, and Michael Pickens. And don't forget LibertarianPodcast.com, where you can find an exhaustive list of libertarian podcasts for you to enjoy. This is Alex Merced. Follow me on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. And thank you very much. Hey guys, Tim Price here, and I wanted to take a minute and invite you to stop over to PricePodcast.com and give our show a listen. We've got in-depth commentary on the issues that matter to you. These hookers, <laughs> fucking whores, are out there. These They're... hookers, man, I tell you. Yeah, that's like the most contact I've had with the hooker. Is them yelling at them you. yelling at me on Twitter. <laughs> we break down the most pressing issues of our time. This what? large lady with, like, tight clothing on. Not appropriately linked tight clothing either. And we get the most intelligent analysis from friends of ours like Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, you pulled over engine trouble and, and what happened, what happened? Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, I, oh, God. Seriously, though, we love putting on a show that both entertains and educates. We're growing and we'd be thrilled if you joined us. Check out PricePodcast.com for more. That's P-R-E-U-S-S podcast.com.
All right, everyone, welcome back to the program. We're going to go ahead and uh, you know switch up the topic for now. The, the whole idea of libertarian dating apps, that's really funny because um, producer Ryan and I, we were actually joking around thinking of how much money we could make if we made like the libertarian eHarmony. So we did a little bit of research, and there are actually some libertarian dating websites out there, and they're kind of sketchy. Let me see. I went ahead, and I saved a couple of those links. Let me see. Oh, one of them is called Libertarian Passions. And yes, it's as perverse as it sounds. Where's the other one? Uh, Liberty Burning, which is gone. And I mean, there are a couple others like Liberty Singles. It, it, okay, so here's what I did. I went ahead and looked at a lot of the members that were on those sites. And let me know if you're surprised. Uh, Anna, we'll start with you on this one. A majority of them were men, and they were all fighting over the same three libertarian women on that site. This so it's just like any other libertarian conference. <laughs> ba- basically, basically. So, Anna, does it surprise you that more libertarian men are into this idea than libertarian women? Uh, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. I think that possibly one thing that led to this was people got tired of um, constantly messaging libertarian women on Facebook about how taxation is theft. Their messages were going into the unread inbox, not getting opened, and therefore they weren't getting any responses. So why not go to a source where people are at least expecting expecting to be hit on by the libertarians? I mean, you're not, it's not even uncalled for to be hit on. It's something that you go and you're expecting that to happen. So, you know, at least the possibility of being shut down isn't so high. So when you, so when you like, you know, started getting more active in the Liberty movement, did like your DMs constantly fill, fill up with like libertarian dudes wanting to, you know, say hello or is that yeah. just a stereotype that happens? Because I feel like libertarian women, as soon as they're like, quote, outed, it's like you have this giant Internet pissing contest that occurs. It's not like any libertarian women that are listening to this podcast right now. Please, if you have had your inbox flooded by people saying taxation is theft and you're beautiful, just let let Remsen know or let somebody know that it's happened to you too, because I promise every female that I've talked to in the movement has had this happen, um, especially if you are a little bit more prominent in the movement. Like I know um, the Libertarian Republic, I believe, published an article about was like the top 10 hottest libertarians or something. It was just it's just random. Um, but once that came out, my inbox was flooded for months and I'm still getting messages and I'm not saying it's the worst thing in the world, but I'm also just letting people know that I have no inten- intentions of opening those messages or responding. <laughs> Ford, <laughs> for, yeah, Ford, um, it, it doesn't surprise me, dude. Does it surprise you? Uh, that doesn't shock me at all. I Even my girlfriend, who is lovely and beautiful and appears in my profile picture, so I guess I'm partially to blame, even she has gotten friend requests from, from creepertarians. <laughs> is she even a libertarian? Uh, and and no, I mean she's not, but she's come to. Uh, she came to ISFLC. She came to the Students for Liberty conference. So it's last libertarian year. by association. So That's good enough for li- some people. Libertarian by association, but I mean it goes to our point earlier, which is that you don't have to date someone with your exact religion and politics and everything. You can have love with somebody who agrees with you on some things and it, you know comes from a different background on others, and then we 
you know, form opinions that are closer to each other and can agree to disagree on other things. Um, but in any event, yeah, as to your to your question about friend requests and, and messages and things like that, I don't know if she's gotten messages, but she's gotten a lot of friend requests uh, from from people from my Facebook. Ford, I? Uh, yeah, uh, r- real fast. Um, it's just that when I see libertarian dudes, and I've seen this like in real life happen before me, you'll have, and I think that libertarian women are the most beautiful women. You know, that's totally a collectivist opinion, but I think it's true. I, I will see these dudes, and it's like something out of like your your worst memes nightmare. You'll go to a conference or you'll go to an event or something, and you'll see these dudes that are wearing you know their their dad's suits, or they'll walk over like they haven't showered in a week with neck beards, and they'll just swarm the one libertarian girl there and it's just like super weird then we wonder why we don't have enough women in the movement have you ever seen that i mean i I think that that definitely happens at at probably conservative conferences as well as uh libertarian ones to some extent but um yeah i mean i've i've definitely seen that sort of thing happen i've seen very awkward attempts at like like guys trying to like flirt with some girl at like you know students for liberty and she's like kind of clearly not having it um I think that it's just sort of like an odd context, right? Because there's this hybridization of like flirting and politics. And as much as we're joking about it, the absurdity of attempting of, of some dude going up to a girl and being like, yeah, I also oppose taxation. I oppose it really, really hard. Do you right? like roads, baby? I'll make the like, roads. You, I'll make yeah, roads. Yeah, it's like, do you, do you, do you like roads? Because I also want to defund them, right? <laughs> <laughs> so like... that's a that's a nice military you've got there it'd be a shame if someone downsized it right i mean i don't (laughs) i don't know that i don't know that these are things that are really conducive to somebody intentionally flirting over them and now i want to say that somebody can absolutely meet somebody who is meant for them at a place like that somebody can organically go to a conference and find somebody who is like-minded and they strike up a real conversation and they realize they have an affinity for each other and that's all well and good and that's beautiful, that's great, whatever. Um, But if two people are, or I shouldn't even say two people, if someone is actively seeking somebody out based on shared politics or religion or philosophy, I I think that that's a recipe for disaster because it's a really, really surface level quality about a person. And so we're applying it right now to like conferences or real life. But the same thing is true online if somebody is kind of like harassing somebody over Facebook for that reason. And I I think that that effect would be extremely exacerbated on a libertarian dating site because then you wouldn't have – any intellectual diversity. You would purely be, you know, it would purely be somebody going on that website because that because somebody meets meets that exact one simple criteria. I think it's a recipe for disaster. Anna, we may have gotten a bit off track by cut you off earlier. What were you gonna say? Well, yeah, I mean, this really works out because I can just tag on what Ford just said. I think that um, I'm trying to find the right words to say this. I guess what I was trying to say was it's so easy to be your best self online. And I think that extends to politics as well. It's so easy to present uh, your your ideas online because you have the time to think about them, to think about what you're posting in your bio in your messages and conversations. But what happens or what I think could happen whenever you form a relationship with somebody solely based on politics, especially in the libertarian community where there's so much infighting, what happens when you say something that make somebody realize maybe you're not their ideal standard of libertarian anymore. And that 
the one thing that you saw as the number one quality in the person that you started falling for, uh, you know, maybe they're not that person anymore. And that's bound to happen. It's it's politics. It's everywhere. It's everything. It's too broad to be contained to where you're going to agree with your partner on everything. And I think that so many libertarians feel uh, frustrated and hurt whenever somebody doesn't agree with them exactly on one thing. Um, and I just think, you know, it's going to ha- happen just with how broad the spectrum is of beliefs within the movement. Yeah, I mean, one minute we're having libertarian dating sites, and you know, as soon as if it ever becomes mainstream, you're going to have somebody writing, you know, like a sla- like a horror slash romance memoir called "I Was Sleeping with a Statist." I mean, it, I feel like some people are looking, and you, you know, you hit it right on the spot. You know, they put their perfect selves online. I, I call I call social media the celebrity syndrome because everyone suddenly thinks that everyone wants to know what everyone else is doing. And it's really good, but some people really let it go of their heads. So here you have this echo chamber as Ford brought up where when you focus on one thing, I mean, um, you know, there was an episode of that one show on True TV, Adam Ruins Everything. He used to be the college humor guy. And he was talking about online dating sites. And, you know, the one thing he brought up was when you're setting up a profile, you have to answer things like, what do you like? What do you not like? So you have these people that show up to these online dates in real life. And they're like, so do you like baseball? I like baseball too. And then the whole thing just kind of fumbles because that natural chemistry just isn't there. And it's not just for, you know, libertarian dating sites, but it's just for dating sites in general. What we want to do is we want to set up the perfect, even though most of these situations occur imperfectly. I I want to give a funny example of that, which is that I actually, and this is sort of a silly gift, but I actually gave my girlfriend a signed copy of Taking a Stand by Rand Paul. Right? <laughs> That's romantic as hell. <laughs> very, very romantic. Yeah, best gift I've ever gotten. No, just kidding. But uh, but I did I did have Rand Paul sign a book for her. And I mean, I think that that's kind of cute. It's just, you know, a silly, fun thing. But like, as you're pointing out, I, it doesn't make me a perfect libertarian. And if she was, she's at home, like, like full on, like you got to be Ron Paul or more libertarian than that, then maybe that would be a disappointment. If we had met on like a libertarian site and I had said like, you know, I'm a buy the books. It's like perfect. Absolutist. She might be like, like, no, it's like uh, Ron Paul or bust. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to out nerd you Ford last you have, year. For, you're going to out nerd that. I'm going to out. Oh dude, it gets, it gets so nerdy. It's really sad. It, um, last Christmas I bought, uh, my girlfriend, Juliana, a replica bracelet that Dagny Taggart wore in Atlas Shrugged <laughs> part one through three. And she oh looked at God. it and she was like, what's Atlas Shrugged? And that's where I was like, oh, shoot. She was like, but this is beautiful and all my friends like it. So I was like, OK, I guess I still win. And uh, any situations like that? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I- yeah, Ford. Man. Wow. Did did that take the nerd cake? Did that do it? Yeah, no, I, I think you, I think you won on that one. I mean, it, I at least my girlfriend knew who Rand Paul was. Yeah, I mean, if you, she, she if was you, just um, like, what, what's Atlas Shrugged? Was it a book? Your girl, was it a movie? Your girlfriend literally didn't understand the you present. In a really nerdy way, so I appreciate it, but <laughs> yeah, the intention. I mean, it's was kind good. of. I think that the people listening to this podcast will think that what you did was cute, and your girlfriend is listening to it like, uh, I still don't get it. Well, I made her watch the movies, which was kind of forced, because I'm like, you must understand. So obviously it got darker from there. But uh, one, one last thing before we, um, before we end the show, because we've got a few minutes left. 
I did a poll, and if you're not following me on Twitter, folks, you need to go ahead and follow me on Twitter because I've been posting more polls than usual to figure out what what goes on in y'all's minds. It's insane in the membrane, like screwed up in the brain. And I asked, will if if um if sex dolls or sex robots became more prevalent in the market, would you buy one? And several hundred people voted in that poll. It was like 90% yes. So I started, you know, following the replies and everything. And I saw that, you know, just from the rough numbers I was able to take 95% of the people that answered yes to that poll had either I'm an anarchist or vote libertarian on their thing. So Anna, do you think libertarian men have a plot to replace women with sex robots? Um, I don't know about a collective effort. I think, (laughs) you know, I don't think they're all banding together and deciding for this to happen. I mean, the population has to survive somehow, but, uh, you know, no judgment, whatever, uh, you know, whatever floats your boat, that's up to you. So I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a plot to take over the world, but, uh, display of loneliness. Yeah. I went to a panel discussion about the, basically this subject a week oh, ago. And, uh, I was I was at a conference that was about radical science. So if you're going to bring up sex robots, yeah, I, I went it. through. I sat through an entire hour about this subject. <laughs> I could do an entire podcast on this. Uh, yeah, I mean, the main problem with that is that you depopulate the planet Earth and you end up with all sorts of problems. Here's the here's the real libertarian question that comes out of that. Uh, actual futurists who spend their time way too much of it studying sex robots and their implications uh, have sort of predicted that sex robots will ultimately have the ability to order whatever face onto it that you want, right? So some some kid can buy, you know, maybe they're in class and there's some girl who's way out of his league, uh, and then he's able to, you know, insert her face onto this digital device and make it his sort of digital girlfriend at home. Uh, you're probably creeped out just by hearing that, and you oh, should be. Gosh, uh, Anna, you're serious? gonna be. Oh my gosh, Anna, how, how do you, what real, do you think of that? Real fast, I need to hear this. There's a libertarian question. There is that. <laughs> is it aggression to uh, make a robot out of somebody else and then you know basically keep them as your property? That there. So there. So sex robots don't just sort of live in a vacuum. These kinds of questions have to be answered. Okay, Anna, yeah. does that break the nap? Oh my God, that's, it's so hard because I don't want to be on a libertarian podcast and say what does and what doesn't break the nap, but. <laughs> Cause then my, you'll get messages about that all day. Right. My immediate reaction, this is purely thinking with emotion, not the logic that we libertarians know and love. My immediate reaction is, oh my God, I hope that I would have to consent to that before anybody did that. Would Again, I'm not being I'm not No, I would not consent to that. That's weird. <laughs> that's super weird. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I can't really, I, I can't really say more, more than that other than, you know, I think that maybe that might indicate you should probably be talking to the person. Um, and why, why, why do that when you could just have a sex robot of them? Right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't say the person, maybe I should say a person like professional help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to comment on that too much. I personally, I would want somebody to have consent to do that first. Um, maybe, you know, if that, if there was money involved, I I still can't say that I would let somebody do that. I think that's just a little too creepy for me, but I definitely think there are women there who would, um, be a little bit more open about that and accepting. Um, 
But yeah, I think that's that's a question for a later day for sure. I, I thought I thought the libertarian dating sites thing was already weird. Now it's gone on to you know sex robots stealing your that face. Is out there. That is out there. Oh wow, this right. uh, this escalated quickly. But as quickly, <laughs> well, you asked the question. Like I said, I've been studying this topic now for okay. a year on radical technology. It, so. You opened up a can of worms. That's like the Pandora's box of the futurist nightmare that it's, oh my gosh, this is, this is going to get weird. This is going to get weird. But anyway, we, we covered a lot of ground. That's me putting it lightly. And uh, we've got to wrap up the show. So uh, Anna, if people want, you know, slide into your DMs and everything on social media, how could they do so? <laughs> Um, well, you can reach me on Facebook, but just know that I, uh, if you, if you hit me with the taxation of theft, I'm probably not going to respond to you. It's just, you do that. And if you want to make a sex robot with her face, you have to ask her consent first. Right. Definitely. And I'm still going to say no. So save your breath. They can try. They can try. <laughs> Ford, what about they you? you? You've got your documentary and everything coming out. So you want to pitch that real fast as well? Yeah. So, uh, so if you want to learn all about radical technology, including, uh, some of the ridiculous stuff that we finished off at there, uh, my film is going to be called transhuman. Uh, the best way to kind of find that or reach me now is, uh, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash Ford Fisher, F O R D F I S C H E R. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Facebook Ford Ford Fisher spelled the same way. Uh, and the, and my company is called news to share news, the number two share. Uh, we do live streams and filming about activism and radical tech. Perfect. Anna Ford, thank you too so much for coming on. I'm definitely more creeped out after this conversation than I was before. So thank you for bringing that into my life. Happy to provide the upgrade. Ready for Valentine's Day now. We'll, we'll get through it. We'll all get through it. The three of us will live past this into the dystopian hellhole. Anyway, folks, um, I'm not going to say anything else. Most people would end with a monologue saying you should love the one you're with and you should never seek the perfect. But we live in a weird world, so you do you. And as always, remember, if there's one thing you should love, it's this show. Go ahead and drop us a dollar a month on Patreon for exclusive show swag and content you can't get elsewhere. And the easiest thing you can do for absolutely nothing is to leave us a five five-star rating interview helps us know that we're doing something a little right and we can get on those itunes trending charts like we did in 2017 we, it was just cocoa for cocoa puffs and all that stuff as always folks go ahead remember be good to your neighbor go out and treat yourself a bit and tune in next week america i'm remso w martinez good night to date with the latest news and updates by visiting remsorepublic.com Hey, this is Lloyd Bailey, the Armed Lutheran, host of the Armed Lutheran radio podcast, reminding you that the podcast you're listening to is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net.